Exceeding Expectations, episode 90. Welcome to Exceeding Expectations, and my guest this week is Nate Pio, who is a professional buyer, a super connector, and host of the All In podcast. And we're going to hear a lot more about Nate very soon, and we're going to hear a lot about networking and ways of doing it well and ways that some people do it not so well. This is the podcast where we give you ideas on how you can have a better relationship with your customers so that you get more referrals, better testimonials, and essentially so that you enjoy your job more, you also get paid more for what you do. Um, if you do like this episode, please do share it with anyone who you feel could get some real value from some of the things that uh, Nate shares with us. And why not subscribe and leave a review? That would be really useful as well. Hope you enjoy this week's show with Nate Pio. Exceeding expectations, my guest today, Nate Pio. How are you, Nate? Good. How are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. And um, where was it we find you? I'm located in, of all places, Corona, California, which is Southern California, kind of uh, east of Disneyland. Is that where you're from? No, I grew up in Nebraska, actually, um, but I've been in this area for, uh, I've been in Corona for about five years now, and I've been in California for almost 20. And how different is it from Nebraska? It's quite quite different. Um, I grew up in a what would we consider a big city in Nebraska, which had a few hundred thousand people, which is pretty small by most people's standards. Um, so moving all the way out to California, um, really to get away from cold winters and uh, looking for some sunshine was an interesting change for sure. I think there's a lot of naivety coming from a small town to um, a big metropolis and it uh, was a little bit challenging at first. There's a lot of weird things that kind of didn't go my way right when I moved out. I had a you know a bunch of little mishaps, and um, but those things were overcome, and I've been here since. So, and what was it that took you to California? Um, I was at an early age hated uh, the cold winters. I didn't like going out and starting your car up at you know, in the dark, letting it warm up for a half hour, 45 minutes before you drove where you needed to go. I didn't like scraping ice off the windows. So I was like, hey, when I graduate college, I'm going somewhere warm where it's hot in the summer and uh, warm in the winter. And uh, it's either going to be Phoenix, Arizona or or Southern California. And I just happened to get a job uh, with a company um, out of college that uh, had had a division in California and I moved out this way. And was that in the same line of work that you're in now? Yeah, generally, it's it's. I've been in construction um, for my career all my life. That was like real heavy civil infrastructure. Um, and then I, I about four or five years after I'd done that, I, I moved over into the residential home building industry. And so, what is? I mean, what is your main area of work now? Is it still still corrupt construction? From what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I work for a real estate developer, and we build a lot of apartments. And I've kind of fallen into a niche of, of purchasing. So I, I can I make a, a laughing joke. It's not that funny of a joke, but um, I call myself a professional buyer. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are in sales, and they're out there networking and meeting a bunch of people. And and I kind of take a different take on it. Is I'm usually the people that are doing the buying kind of avoid the salespeople, but I go out there and 
try to meet as many of them as I can and just find out what's going on. And what type of sort of clients do you generally have then? Um, so it's, it's residential construction. Um, the people I deal with are, you know, various people from sales and marketing um, within the building industry to um, people that sell manufactured products like floors, doors, refrigerators, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and also subcontractors and trade contractors uh, on a local scale and on a national scale. And what is it? Because I mean, we before we started recording, you were talking about you do a lot of networking. So, mm-hmm. what is it, and how does networking help you in what you do? Okay, so when when I was kind of new to my career, I was I consider myself an introvert, and I had friends that I knew from college, and the, and those are the people I hung out with on the weekends, and then I had people I knew from work. I didn't really spend a lot of time with the people I worked with, except for during the day at work. But as I like move through my career, um, you know, life happens. People start having kids and families and getting married and we start going our own path. And what you find is a lot of the personal friends you had, um, they're, they seem to drift away. And what the people you start making friends with are the people you work with and they're within your industry. And so they become your close friends you're spending the most amount of time with. But what I started realizing is the more people I knew, um, the more resources I had at my fingertips to help me do my job better. If you, if you look at, um, like if you're in a path of, of, of doing more in your life, it becomes less about what you can individually produce and more about what you can accomplish as a team with other people. And having more people within your network kind of leads to more resources, more people that you can turn to to solve a problem. And once I started realizing, hey, like I've been able to do my career pretty good uh, meeting people localized within my industry, what would happen if I kind of got out of my way, stopped uh, being shy, stopped letting my introvertness get in my way of meeting as many people within the industry as I could and just went out there and did it. And I'd start going to trade shows where I didn't know anybody. I'd be really nervous about going to it. But after repeatedly going after like three or four or five times, you start seeing a lot of the same people. You realize they're just um, just like you. They're they're they have their they get a little nervous from time to time. They get um, worried about you know the same things we were worried about. But you start building these friendships. And about I don't know eight or nine months ago, I really took another step back and said, "Hey, every time I've gone out of my comfort zone." push myself a little bit harder um, of being uncomfortable, I've seen uh, major impacts in my life for the positive over time. Like not immediately, but like in three to five years, I always look back and go, hey, I've come a lot farther than I thought I would. And I see it has a lot to do with the people I've met and who they've introduced me to and who I've introduced people to. So why not this year just really take it to the extreme level and just try to meet as many um, cool, amazing people as I possibly could, knowing that this journey is going to take you down a path of you never know who you're going to meet, who they're going to introduce you to, the opportunities that are going to come your way, or the chances of, of being exposed to ideas you hadn't uh, thought of before. So that's kind of taken me down this path of networking, what I call all in. It's just really being um, open to the journey and where it goes. As far as, I mean, you're just talking about networking. 
do you find there's much difference between sort of large networking events or the smaller, more intimate ones? Do you prefer one over the other? Um, they, there's different ways to get the most out of both. And it, I probably prefer small over larger, but there's ways to be um, successful at, at both. So like if you're going to a small, like usually it's like a mixer, maybe it's after work, it's at a, um, a restaurant or it's at, at somebody's um, open house or something like that, you're going to go and there's maybe gonna be 30, 40, 50 people there. And you're probably going to know a couple, but you might not know that many. Um, those are easier to go to with the sense of like, hey, it's a short time commitment. Um, there's not going to be a ton of people, but you still get nervous. You still walk in, you're like, hey, wh- how do I go about doing my business? But I think if you still keep the same mindset of like, hey, I just want to walk away with two, maybe three good connections where I talk to somebody for 10 to 15 minutes and we had enough to talk about and we decided we'd have a follow-up for like, you know, maybe not right now you can't do this, but like a coffee or a cocktail uh, within a few weeks. Um, So those are a little bit less stressful. The bigger ones um, are usually fun uh, for me too because they tend to be larger trade shows. They tend to be at destination events or in cool cities and there's a ton of people, even more people than uh, what you're used to going to. So the opportunities to meet with people are a lot larger, but at the same time, because there's so many more people, it's sometimes it tends to be more challenging to find an intimate gathering, to have a connection with somebody that's a little bit more uh, personable and relatable that leads to um, that 15 minute you know, conversation that leads to a follow-up coffee or chatting. But those can still be, um, you can still use the same principles. You can, if you, if you go into it with uh, planning up front, you can set up your own little mini mixers um, w- within the event and get people to kind of stop by that for like a half hour before they go out to dinner or whatnot. So they're both uh, very powerful. You just have to um, apply a little bit of different uh, techniques to get the most out of each. There's a lot of people really, I don't know, fear networking. I mean, what advice would you give to people who just really kind of get frightened by the whole experience or the whole thought of even doing it? <laughs> For me, I was that person that, that was uh, very scared to go out and do that uh, a lot of my career. And I'd get nervous that if I showed up at something, like what if I start talking to somebody and we run out of something to say and we're just standing mm-hmm. there awkwardly, like how do I end the conversation and um, walk off? And I'd be nervous. So then I'd get it into my head as I was approaching this thing oh my God, it's going to be really chaotic. It's going to be awkward. Like I got to go to the bar. I got to have like a bunch of cocktails to make things smoother and make it easier. And you kind of build it up in your head. That's going to be um, a disaster. But in reality, everybody that's at a mixer is, is there. Most of them, they're there for one reason. That's to meet new people, meet other people and see old friends. So if you kind of know everybody's there for the same reason to meet people, and there's just as many people in the same boat as I am that are nervous, that are shy, that are having the same anxiety about talking to people and meeting people as I am, then instead of being that person that stands on the wall and just is shy and waiting for somebody to come say hi, be the person that says hi yourself. Go up to people you see stand there that look just as nervous as you and say, hi, I'm Nate. And uh, what do you do? Where are you from? 
compliment them on something that they wore that's that stands out. A lot of times people put a lot of, a lot of effort into like if they're wearing uh, you know bright shoes or they have a really nice piece of jewelry or a watch or they got on like a, a funny hat or they take the time to wear a bow tie instead of a regular tie. If they're doing something just slightly different than most people do, they, they did it with intention because it's something about them that they want to showcase. Mm-hmm. So if it's a good icebreaker to just kind of like say, hey, I really like your watch. Or, That's a really cool bow tie. And that opens the door for some conversations. So once the conversations start going, you want to bring some energy to it. And the best way to bring energy to it is to bring somebody else to the table. So a lot of times, even if I don't know anybody and somebody's walking by, I'll say, hey, uh, do you know Tom? I just met Tom right here. And they're like, oh, no, I don't. And then you get a conversation going there. So if you kind of take it out of it being your hands to carry the conversation, you're just getting people to talk about themselves, get them excited about meeting other people, then it starts building this energy. It stops being a little bit stressful. And then all of a sudden, the hour, the two hours you were supposed to be there have flown by. And like I said before, if you go with two, an expectation to meet two or three people, then you're not on this challenge. Like I got to get a bunch of business cards. I got to meet 50 people. Like I got to get, got to, got to, got to. You meet your two people. You're like, hey, that wasn't so bad. Now I got exciting. I'm going to go meet coffee. These two people I got that excited about. So then all of a sudden, like the networking becomes less and less fearful, becomes more and more enjoyable. And the more you start going, it becomes less strangers and more people you're friends with that you know regularly. And it starts becoming a little bit more of like a family reunion. So you start getting excited to go through it. And as your network builds, you're going to start seeing the results of it. You're going to be able to connect people within your group to people in somebody else's group. You're going to be able to solve their problems. People are able to solve your problems. And then all of a sudden, your, your just toolbox expands. You start seeing a lot of value on it. But it's one of those things where, like, you can't go one time. You can't expect a lot of results with little effort. you got to consistently go, and it does take time to build. It's not something like you can go buy 500 followers or 500 connections that are your friends. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Um, you, you do have to put the time in and energy to build a relationship that's built on more of a friendship first than a transaction. And what about the dynamics? I mean, now the whole situation with, you know, um, we can't meet face to face generally, and so there's there's so many online meetings happening now. Yeah, how that, different are the dynamics of something like that? So that's a definitely um, been a huge change in I think people's lives right now. But there's also been a mass adoption of the technology to get on and do a Zoom meeting. Where I mean, the technology's kind of been there, just people weren't massively adopting it. So now you have the ability, if you're interested in something, some topic, some hobby, some idea, some concept, like you can go on the internet, go to a bunch of places, like, you know, follow some hashtags on LinkedIn or something like that, or go on to Meetup and start looking for stuff that you're passionate about and you want to get involved in or like you have an idea about, but you don't know where to begin. The easiest way to kind of begin a journey of some kind is to start putting yourself in places where those people hang out. So you find out where they're at online. And now all of a sudden you find out like, Oh, there's this really cool thing I'm interested in, but it was in New York city. And I I can't go to that. Well, now if it's a zoom meeting, you can go Mm -hmm. to that. So it's opening up the doors to be able to attend events and meet people that you really are going to bond and connect with that you might not have had the opportunity to in the past. So now you can start getting into this really big 
you know, if you're like in a real niche topic that's, you know, underwater basket weaving, there might not be a, a lot of people in your area that are interested in it. But because of Zoom and because of online meetings, you're able to have these um, essentially networking events, chances to build friendships with people in a specific topic across the world. And it's making it a lot easier. And, the, and it's just the more people get used to doing it, the more comfortable it's going to be. And you're going to see a lot a ton more events online like this. And what about the etiquette of this sort of stuff? And what are the things that you should and shouldn't be doing? <clears throat> well, first, um, going online to meet people is just like meeting people in real life. You want to treat people uh, as pe- as humans and treat them the way you'd want to be treated. You wouldn't walk into a coffee shop and go up to somebody you don't know and just start telling them your pitch and what your business is in and how you can solve all their problems with this product that they don't have. Like, it doesn't work that way. People would look at you crazy. But on the online world, people constantly do that. They make a connection, send you a message, and it's like an 80-page dissertation on their products and stuff. And nobody has time for that. So people just ignore it. And if you start doing that a bunch, you kind of get a reputation of being spammy, use car sales guy and people start avoiding you and it kind of can you know tri- it can it can cause a, enough of a rift that the connections you make might not be as deep or as strong as they could be so what i always recommend to people is just be friendly be a person and look for providing value to that other person first there's a there's a book called um digital persuasion by uh uh, the writer's Erin King, and she has this method called PUB, which is personal, useful, and brief. And it's it's if you want to send a message to somebody that you're meeting for the first time, you want to try to find something that's relatable to them instead of just like, hey, I see you're in the same business. I want to sell you something or I want to buy something from you. You send a message mm-hmm. like, hey, I, I saw that you have a similar interest as me. Then you provide them some useful information. It's like, hey, did you see this video that's about this thing that we share in common? And then it's brief. It's it's really like almost like a text message length. It's two to three sentences, and you get rid of all the I's and, and me's, and you put it all about you, and it's about them, and it, it really makes the message really geared towards them. So you, st- so you, you take the time to craft this good introduction uh, message it's that's personal and useful and brief and somebody's gonna one it's short so they're gonna take the time to read it two it's gonna be different than anybody else is used to getting because they're gonna be like i'm so used to getting all these pitches and requests and stuff like that this is actually somebody asking me about me and they've and they've piqued my interest so now i might go check out their profile i might see what they're up to and then when i respond to 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 that person you want to keep it that conversation going along those lines. Don't you know crash the car t- trying to get right to the sale. Just kind of let the conversation flow, let the friendship develop, let the relationship develop, and that person's going to probably find a little bit of interest, and then they'll ask you about, hey, well, what is it that you do? And then that's when you can share what you're really up to. But in the meantime, you're developing this friendship, and what it tends to happen is you've you've. You, you find something you're relatable to. People like doing business with people they like. And all of a sudden when you find out like, hey, we have a lot in common. I think you're a pretty cool person. Oh, you do mm-hmm. something? Yeah, let me help you out. I might not be able to buy exactly what you're selling, but maybe I can make an introduction to somebody else that could make a bigger impact for you too. So I think if you want to network online, it's a lot of the same uh, 
ways you make friends in real life. It's just be yourself, be honest, and um, be personable, and don't try to rush it. It's there's plenty of time, and these these things work out. In your, in your own business, how has um, how has networking sort of really helped you, and what? Um, have there been any surprises in, in some of the ways that networking has helped you? Yes. So within networking, there's usually what I like to refer to as somebody within your within your immediate circle called a super connector. And that's the person that knows everybody. If you want to get the best uh, um, bagels in New York City, they know where to go. If you need to get a spa and... and um, massage treatment in Las Vegas, they know the best place to go to do that. If you need somebody to um, get a backhoe out to your property the next day, they know they're they're just connected with everybody and they're always Mm -hmm. introducing you to people that you need to meet to solve your problems. But they're never asking for anything in return. Um, And they'll stay at that. If you thought about it in your network, you'd probably go, okay, I know they the, the two or three people in my network that, that I'm talking about. And those, when you get introduced to one of those people, um, I think that's when your life uh, really changes because you'll see that they are all about giving. They come from a place of, of the heart first. They're there to serve. They're not there to take. They find fulfillment and helping other people achieve their goals. And because of that, they've developed really strong connections and friendships with really uh, amazing people in other walks of their life. So they're the people for me um, that when I met them, they've made introductions for, from t- to me from people in their group that have opened an amazing array of doors that never would have happened otherwise. And so, to, like when you when you find that person, and you can't just go out like looking for them because it comes off fake, but you can try to be that person. You can't try to emulate that behavior. You just start seeing your 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 life improve um, uh, uh, ten times more than you put it. Um, is once you you realize the the power and and serving others, and you start emulating that person's behavior. You're going to start seeing your life dramatically improve. So, to me, I, I've been wowed by my friend Sarah, who's just always opened more doors, invited me to more things than I never thought possible, and introduced me to people who I thought were um, way outside my clout and made introductions that have led to um, amazing other opportunities down the road through those connections. Mm. What, um, have there been any ways, I mean, you know, the whole theme of the show obviously is exceeding expectations. How have you used um, networking to do that? Well, it kind of starts like this. In in my life, when I was getting started in my career, I had goals for myself, and I was like going to make a certain amount of money. Uh, in one year, I was going to make a bunch more money. In five years, and I was going to achieve all these things. And the first year, kind of going into it, <clears throat> I got frustrated that things weren't going as quickly as they could, and, and they weren't – happened fast enough and I was like I'm never going to make my five-year goals if I don't get my one-year goals done and I got frustrated and kind of let those goals slip and slide away but fast forward 
you know, to where I'm at now, I look back on those goals and I go, man, I, those, those first year goals were, were hard for me to get to, but my five year goals, I just completely underestimated where I was at and what I was capable of doing. And I've, I've far exceeded those. And what really led me to this epiphany was when I was trying to do things, uh, on my own to be a self producer, I was not moving quickly. But when I started opening the doors and meeting more people, more resources, um, and had this bigger connection of people to help me solve things, and I was also helping other people solve their problems, that's when my career really, really took off and and took me places. And networking is one of those things where you don't know who you're going to meet and you don't know who's going to make a big difference in your life. But if you're open-minded, somebody who you thought was like, hey, this is just somebody that randomly I met, but they turned out to have a huge influence on my life or vice versa. Like somebody's talking about a problem. You're like, Hey, I really know somebody within my network that that's just all they do is solve that problem all day long. I'm going to make this connection to you too. And so then over time, these little interactions with people just build up and then boom, five years later, you're like, how did I get to this place that I didn't think was possible? And it's really, it's because you're, helping others, you're serving others, and people are reciprocating it back to you. Mm. Have you been on the receiving end of any experiences that sort of exceeded what you were expecting? Yeah, uh, real recently, um, again, my friend Sarah had introduced me to uh, another gentleman, and she said, hey, I think you two have a lot in common. You guys have a lot of similar projects. Maybe there's something you guys can work on together, but you should, should at least meet this person. So she set up a chance to go meet uh, this guy for coffee. And I went into it and I was like, hey, if uh, Sarah says this person's uh, a good dude, amazing person I'm going to meet, I'm going to trust that this is just going to be um, a really great conversation and it's going to lead to a lot of opportunities. And of course we met, we had this great conversation and we did it. And he's like, Hey, let me connect you to uh, a few other things. And one of them was getting involved with a, a more exclusive networking group that kind of, you, 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 you didn't, they don't advertise for it. You can't sign up for it. You can only get invited. It has to be word of mouth. And he's like, Hey, let, let me see if they can get you in on, on a spot. They're having an event in a couple of weeks. And He's like, okay, you know, and, and we part ways for the night. And I was thinking to myself, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll get a call next week about it. And I'll find out, like, yeah, it's too late. It's sold out. But, nope, I got a phone call, um, like, five minutes into my drive home from the person who ran the event. And they were like, hey, you know, we have this cool event. We're told that you're a cool dude. And do you want to come into it? Do you have any questions? And I was like, you know what? Um Every time I've trusted uh, my friend Sarah's judgment on who she's introduced me to, it's been uh, an amazing, wonderful experience. And I met this other person through her that that I'm just going to take this leap of faith that everything is going down this path. It's going to be an amazing experience I'm going to learn from. So I just said, yes, I'm going to sign up. I'm, I'm not worried about what it costs or where it's going to be or what the dates are. Like, I'll make it work. And mm-hmm. what the event, if it's going to be a value of not, I trust that if these people – uh, are smart enough to go to it that uh, I'm going to get a lot out of it. So I just jumped in and did it. So to me, I think that was um, an expectation that I exceeded my expectations. I met with somebody and immediately later they're connecting me with people within their industry and it's taking um, immediate action 
And I'm seeing immediate results and doors open from it. And that was, you know, that's, that's something not everybody does. And that doesn't happen every day. Um, and a lot of times people say they're going to help out and they, they don't, or they don't to the level that is of use. And when, when somebody just goes above and beyond and just starts getting you connected to their role ducks right off the bat, I think that's pretty amazing. Well, and something that came to mind when you were talking there, and you, you, you mentioned about super connectors and specifically um, Sarah. One thing that was going through my mind is it probably really pays to, to help out those super connectors and to try to do as much as you possibly can to help them back because they're so giving. Yeah, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, but a lot of times, like, not to, to say, like, don't do nice stuff for them, but they, they are such givers that they, a lot of times have their, it's hard to find things that you can help them back immediately with to do because they have so much. It's like that, that person that you go, Hey, what should I get them for Christmas? They have everything. And you have to like, think really, really hard to come up with a really, really good gift. That's what it's like for a super connector um, is to really find um, an opportunity to bring back to them that that's going to make uh, them feel repaid. But at the same time, what I try to do is reach out to them on a personal level and make sure like it's not always taking, but there's a lot of giving like, hey, let's meet for coffee. Let's just chat. Let's see what you got going on and uh, keep that relationship you know, warm and friendly and it's not being like, Hey, I need something from you. Uh, I'm calling you again. Um, the other thing I like to do is help connect people on their network with people in my network so that they get like, um, some benefit. If, if they introduce me to somebody else in their network, it's just as important for that person that they introduce me to, to go back to, to Sarah and say, Hey, look, I'm so happy you connected me to Nate because he really did these amazing things for me. Um, and to me, that's another big thing about super connectors is making sure you're living up to their expectations, exceeding their expectations of what it was that, that you're representing them to. Cause if they're going to go out on a limb and, and put your reputation, um, on their name, then you got to over deliver on that because it means a lot when you get referred by a super connector. What, what does the, the phrase exceeding expectations, what, what does it mean to you? What does it conjure up? <laughs> expectations to me is basically doing your job. So if, if you're told like, Hey, you got to get this done or you're working on these projects or these are your responsibilities, like, that's your expectation. You're expected to show up to your work and you're expected to do your job. You're expected to get your tasks accomplished and you're expected to meet these goals or these financial goals. Exceeding expectations is going not just a little bit beyond that, but way beyond that, like completely astounded. You know, it, it's, it's, it's even more than under promising and over deliver. It's just making sure that somebody is just, so blown away by how much you destroyed their expectations. You know, if they're expecting you to do something for them and, and you show up um, on time, ahead of time, and you lay out, roll out the red carpet, you treat people with a lot of respect, you treat people with a lot of um, hospitality, and people go, hey, I'm walking away going, that person really made me feel like I was the only person in the room. That is 
exceeding expectations. And you can do that whether it's offering a service to somebody, it's somebody that you work with, somebody that you just know that's in your local uh, gym or whatever. It's just always being super outgoing, super friendly, super treating them like they're the only person in the room. I think you're gonna you're gonna develop this energy that just shows that like, hey, you over deliver every single time, and they're gonna know that if they have a task for you, an opportunity for you, that you're just going to blow them away with um, what you come back with and they'll be happy to refer you out to people. If um, if people are, want to find out more about you and the, and the different things you do, where would they go to? Um, everything is centered around my hub on my website, natepayo.com. Um, from there, you can find my podcast called The All In Podcast with Nate Payo and connect with me on social media like LinkedIn or Facebook, Instagram, that type of stuff. And what is your podcast about? My podcast is about networking. Um, it's about going down a journey of getting out of your own way. Stop getting letting self-doubt hold you back. Um, and along the way, the people you meet, the stories that they tell, trying to um, meet and talk to as many cool people as I can at the same time, share their stories, share their journey with people within my network. So we're constantly just building um, a bigger network of helping people out and showing that when you put in effort into building personal relationships, um, that's going to take you a lot further than learning sales tactics or the latest life hacks. And is that sort of, um, are you interviewing people or is it just you giving tips? What, what kind of format? Uh, most of the episodes I do have a guest on and we talk about their journey in life, what they're working on and how it relates to networking. So that might be networking tips. It might be their examples of leading a life of building personal relationships. It might be um, a time or a story where they were influenced by somebody else. Um, and it, it just, you know, maybe it's about being authentic and building trust with people. So just, you know, sharing bits of pieces of yourself that you might not normally do with uh, the business world. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going through struggles, I think people relate to that, that we're not always supermen. Um, and so just being authentic helps, helps do that. Do you have a, is there a book that you often recommend to people? Yes. My favorite book of all time is Paulo Coelho's The Book, The Alchemist. Um, mm. if, if you haven't read it, it's about, um, this boy, uh, he, he goes on a journey to, to really find his treasure in life. And mm. along the way he finds it's easy to get started, but as, as, as he progresses down the journey, it gets harder and harder. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything that happens along that journey serves a purpose for this, this boy um, to get where he's going and eventually find his treasure. So sometimes the message um, is there all along, but we're not ready to receive it until we've had the experiences that kind of shape us and mold us um, into the person that we're to become. And then we learn these gifts about ourselves and then we figure out a way to share it with the world. And I think the, the alchemist just book sums that up in this um, you know, non-fiction, or it's actually a fiction book, uh, uh, like a fictional story of this kid's journey, but it really is a non-fiction work of how to um, live your life and, and try to get the best, uh, be the best version of yourself possible. 
Is that a book you've read more than once? Oh, yeah. I try to read it uh, once a year. Every time I read it, some new little bit or piece jumps out of me like, oh, I didn't really catch that before. Like, that's that's so amazing. And have you, um, so when you actually read the physical book, have you listened to the audio book? I have not listened to the audio book for this one, no. Because I just wonder how, if that would be different. Because I've done, um, there's a few physical books I've read the book and then sometimes I've listened to the audiobook and it can be quite different because of the way the tonation that the narrator was used or, or whatever it might be yeah that's that's one I'm interested in doing um, both reading it and hearing the audio I just haven't gotten around to listen to the audio but it's probably a good idea to do and finally do you have a uh, is there a quotation that you quite like um, there's a ton of um, in that book that just just blows me away. But I like the one where he talks about everything that happens once can never happen again, but everything that happens twice will surely happen a third time. So to me, it's just kind of like being prepared and expecting the unexpected. Um, you know, we try to learn from our lessons uh, that happen to us and try not to make the same mistakes twice because if it's happened a few times, it's probably likely going to happen again. Well, Nate, I thank you for your time and for sharing such great information with our listeners. All right. Thank you for having me on the show. I had a great time. Thank you. Next week's show is episode 91, and my guest is Phil Strazula, who is a... We're going to delve into the world of sales. He's a self-taught salesperson. In his first company, he was selling SaaS products and landed companies such as Dropbox, Nissan, Munster.com as some of his customers. And in his second company, he's again selling to, to very big companies and also selling market leads. So we're going to hear a lot more about that, about the world of sales and so forth in episode 91, released next Tuesday. If you've enjoyed this week's show, please do share it with someone who you feel can get some benefit from some of the wise words that Nate shared with us, especially around networking. And why not leave a review, subscribe, and hope you have a great week.